Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales Season 2, which we'll be beginning to talk about right now. Uh, I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. And uh, yeah, we are going to be discussing season two of DuckTales, which recently premiered. Um, you can uh, We've been talking DuckTales on this podcast for a while. You can catch up with our previous episodes at OverTheAnimated.com. Uh, you can also subscribe to us uh, on iTunes or on your preferred podcatcher or on YouTube at OverTheAnimated.com slash YouTube. Uh, wherever you listen to us, we always appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, we've been in a small hiatus compared to other shows, but, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. we're already back with the season two, and we've got two episodes Woo. to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, we're recording on Halloween, so it is back from the dead, so to speak. This, this, this <laughs> oh podcast. my god, Alex. Um, but we're talking about the first two episodes that have aired, it's the only most a, it's dangerous only a- game night and the deaths of Cousin Fethry. It's only appropriate Duckworth is in one of these episodes. Um, also true. There's a ghost, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, so we're we're back with DuckTales. It's, uh, it's been a bit. Um, how, how did you guys feel about the return of the nephews? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that, that was very unenthusiastic, Steve. <laughs> I, thought, I was waiting for Michelle to talk. I thought she was going to say something. <laughs> I said good. It was good to see them come back. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you feel about these episodes in particular? Then we'll, we'll go straight to that our usual beginning point. Then <laughs> that that's what slipped me up. I was like, oh, we're just gonna talk about characters. This the opening. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about the characters too. But do I you know their we'll... names yet, Michelle? Or no, I like I thought about trying to learn. It's like, nah, it doesn't matter because the colors are so much more prominent anyway. <laughs> I was going to say that the thing that made me happy about the most dangerous game night was that Green Shirt finally. I mean, I feel yeah. like it's been a while since he's got an episode that really focused on him at all. Because all, all I remember about him is that he really likes money. Like, of the three triplets, he's the one that really likes money and, and having a fortune. So mm-hmm. I thought this was a really good episode for his character. And I, I love this theme of Scrooge bonding one-on-one with each of the kids and making them yeah. feel validated in their own ways. Mm-hmm. That's such a good idea. And it's, it's, it's making me really happy to see them each have a genuine, specific bond with him. So, yeah, it's like we each have, like, a Scrooge field trip episode. Yeah! <laughs> Even if it's not about him, like, I like that he takes moments at the end of each to just talk to each of them specifically. Yeah, because I think the Scrooge still owes Louie a, a field trip, because really this is just Scrooge at the, ver- yeah. at the very beginning and at the very end. Well, well Louie well, has his whole, whole episode in the middle. Well, <laughs> Well, there was a trip to the money bin, the uh, like third episode. So, yeah, that's that was too. so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I do feel though in these two episodes slowly we then you get we're having sort of the counter like counterbalance of each generation like uh like like Louis he's he's kind of like the the Gladstone of the of this generation. You got Huey the uh Fidricks of this generation, and you go either way with. Dewey and Webby, like they're like uh, Donald and Della of this generation. Though I personally compared more Dewey to Donald and Webby as Della, but whatever. 
<laughs> yeah, so I I definitely think that Louis is the the big star of these two episodes, mainly because in the first episode is where he finally gets well, some. He's extra not in character. the second episode, yeah, right? Is right, he but, Louis green shirt. Yes, he's green shirt. But what I'm saying is that compared to episode two, which kind of goes all over the place, but like episode one focuses on Louis and he gets the most work done in the, that episode. So in the end, he ends yeah. up being the character of the two episodes that stands out the most because oh. <laughs> we just haven't had enough time with him and also like it kind of we follow through a little bit with the stuff we left at the finale of like dealing with mom being sort of back in the picture and like louis is bringing her up again like hey this happened to mom so i feel insignificant so, <laughs> and, and so we're, we're tying all that in together and so i i really like what they try to do with louis even if at the very end one thing I will say about DuckTales, it feels like when, when there is a message to be done, it feels like there's always a sentence that just lays it out for you in the middle. <laughs> like, Louis, uh, like when he just goes out with, I don't have a role. Like, uh, I, and then uh, Hugh is like, do you want to let the other people get hurt because you're afraid of getting hurt? Like, it does mm-hmm. feel very on the nose. So, like, I, I w- sometimes I wish DuckTales could go beyond that, but at Ooh. the same time, it makes the episode easy well, to summarize. But I do like the overall message that it's trying to get across. Well, well, IDW, like first few comics, they did flashbacks to Scrooge, Donald, and Della's adventures. And I just have to say, Louis is a lot like Donald in the in those adventures. So little does Louis know that there's someone that he can relate to. Uh, Michelle, how do you feel about Louis' um, struggle with his uh, finding a place in the whole show? I loved it. I thought I thought it was a long time coming because, again, I can't really remember the last time we really focused on him from last season. And just going back to his, the, I thought it was a really good choice for this episode as the first one from the season to not immediately jump into Della stuff. I'm glad that we have these two episodes to breathe a bit, mm. but they do address it and they address it in a very subtle way. And I don't think it's just that green shirt is, I feel so bad calling him green shirt, <laughs> but green shirt. It's, it's not just that he feels like he's not living up to his mom's adventuring spirit. He is also voicing a legitimate fear that, you know, he's like, Hey, our mom went on a risky mission and she's gone now. As part of the reason why he, he doesn't want to go into another adventure right off the bat. And I think that's a very good point. Like last season didn't like, Despite the fact that, like, spoilers, we know that Della's not dead and she's, like, kind of doing fine on the moon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like, if, as far as they know, she's, like, totally gone and dead forever. And the fact that, like, that does mean there there is a legitimate risk to adventuring that I don't think any of them had really had to consider or confront before is very interesting. And I thought that was a really great thing that he was pointing out based on his own fears. It's like, yeah, like, our mom actually died. Like, there's a, there are reasons why I might not want to adventure. I, one, I don't think I'm good at it. But two, like, what if that happens to us? The same thing that happened to our mom. I really, really liked that. Plus, like, it was just good seeing him kind of come into his own and strategize. Like, the whole time, just, like, planting these seeds and trying to cover up, like, the the stuff that was going on with Gyro. It was just a lot of fun to watch. Mm. Yeah. I kind of thought, though, it's like a realistic portrayal of a kid, you know, who might be afraid of going on these life-threatening adventures. I mean, I'll be 
scared of my for my life too. I could I've seen so many shows where you have kids they they do they put themselves in danger all the time and they're never scared. It's not that big deal. Exactly. Like we almost died or something. So I give the show credit for that. And uh, Michelle, as you pointed out, like at the end, like he's doing the, all the planning and uh, ordering around. And then we get the final, the final scene with Scrooge, as we already mentioned, but like as Scrooge lays it out and like compliments him on his ability to do things. And that just felt very wholesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, and he like, reaffirms that like his mom, that was one of her strengths and one of his strengths. And he even says, maybe you'll, if you can apply that. In the future, maybe you'll make more money than me, which is a huge compliment mm. coming from Scrooge himself. And he yeah. even gives him that, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark knockoff gold thing. <laughs> like, what an amazing start to his journey of wealth. That was, that, like you said, Alex, it's very wholesome. It's very encouraging for him. And I think that's more of a realistic go of Louis earning his own fortune in inheriting Scrooge's fortune because yeah. I don't think Scrooge ever going to die, though. I think it, Scrooge might outlive them all. So, yeah, better chance of earning your own fortune, kid. Now, at the end, it ends with Louis, I guess, getting his own office and he has, like, a sign, like, Louis Inc. Adventures Our Business and, like, the, the nephews are there just kind of like, what? It's like, is is that supposed to be a setup for, like, this is something, like, a plot line that's gonna uh, we're gonna pop in again on, like, Louis just starting a business on the side? Maybe. It might be. Maybe he's gonna outsource his family to go on adventures with people who want to adventure. Like, oh, you want to do that? Well, my family has all the equipment and they're so good at it. We just um, want a small fee from you. Isn't that similar to what Mark Beeks tried to do with Gizmo Duck last season? Sort of. Although yeah. I think Mark. Sort of. Well, Mark Beeks is like the, the his, <laughs> his um Gizmo Duck's boss in that episode. Yeah. Whereas here, like Louis uh, could act kind of like an agent or like a manager yeah. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Like, choosing gigs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Choosing gigs. Uh, well, other notable relationships in this uh, episode. Um, Scrooge and Donald have a blast together. I guess. Um, yeah. yeah. They win all the games. Good for them. <laughs> Except for Monopoly. Or no Scroogeopoly? Is it called Scroogeopoly? Yeah, it's called Scroogeopoly, and really, that's the perfect joke because to, in order to win a Monopoly, you do need to act like Scrooge, which is basically <laughs> like just being very ruthless. Uh, do you guys have any personal Monopoly experiences in your lives? Oh, yeah. Totally. It was the only board game in our trailer when we go camping. And from what my sister said, I was really good at doing well. But I was like four and a half years younger than her. So my attention span was a lot shorter. And I could never (laughs) get through a game. So she'd always win by default. I'd always get bored and frustrated. I always wanted to... I've always... Wanted to be... Wanted to be the race car. That's like a popular piece. Oh, Um, yeah. I like dog. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I did. I think I did... Okay, I'm not sure I won a lot, but I didn't lose. Was in last place a lot either. I just sort of middle of the road, just just getting by. I I was addicted to getting to hotels because maybe I overspent <laughs> on the hotels. Then the houses probably might be. You gotta strategize a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I just like sending people to jail more than the making money when I was a kid. You like going to jail or sending? No, people sending to people, be like, ah, let's go to jail again. <laughs> uh, I, I I played a lot of two player games with my brother, and uh, the uh, the only thing I remember 
from those times is that one, one time it took him like eight turns to bankrupt me somehow. I don't remember the steps, wow. but like it was very quick, like an hour. <laughs> but like he was, he was much better at financial management than I was. So that's mm-hmm. good for him. But, um, he's old yeah. too, right? No, he, he's younger, but... Um, oh, he was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> which, which makes it more embarrassing, but hey, yeah, I mean, life happens. Uh, um, yeah. uh, other games... Well, actually, just overall, like, Scrooge geeking out over game night was a very funny moment. <laughs> like, him mm. just shouting Great game night everywhere. Oh, my God. He cannot control his excitement to anyone, not even a pigeon. He's very competitive. He don't yeah. like to lose. And Donald ship too, like he just opens up the door. Yeah. Like, Damn, <laughs> and Donald like is a secret weapon because Scrooge can't no understand him. He's a secret weapon for charades. Who knew? Okay, I, I thought it was told. kind of interesting when he was saying like he was like kind of threatening Donald, like if we lose, I'm writing you out of the will. And Donald like looks at him, kind of like mystified, like I was in the will. Oh. <laughs> like he wasn't even expecting that much from him. He's so innocent. Um, and and then later when they're playing Jenga and they succeeded, they like did a, a big hug before going like, oh, yeah. wait, we should be shaking hands. Yeah, <laughs> like the hug was nice. <laughs> I I did yeah, think well. those scooch a little bit out of line when he called Donald like a moocher because one thing Donald is not oh he's a hard worker he's not trying something to mooch off of anything. It's and he's trying especially in the first episode he's trying to get a job he he's not trying to live off Scrooge he's trying to get out of that mansion as soon as he can so. Give Donald some credit, Scrooge. He may be a lot of things, but Mooch is not one of them. Plus, I feel like half the time his houseboat gets caught on fire from the adventure Scrooge and his nephews go on anyway. So we we should... uh, Scrooge probably has a subconscious desire to keep Donald around so they can play more game nights. Absolutely. And I I also feel hilarious to how what how like Dewey and Webby seem to be in sync on on everything except when it came to game night. How I guess they're too similar, kind of to unbalance each other. Yeah, th- this seems to be a building on season one because season one focused a lot on the Webby Dewey relationship. So at, at this point, they're just like they have their own duet songs during adventures. That's kind of annoying. Hilarity and knowing you're not alone. And 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 Webby does not. If only Webby knew though that. Lena is inside her shadow. She might be able to hear when when Webby keeps calling Dewey her new like best friend. And I do know this: if Launchpad was there and heard that, he would be completely heartbroken. Well, Dewey is allowed to have many best friends. Yeah. So <laughs> but, uh, but uh, yeah, they they uh, they begin with the, their whole friendship thing, being like, "Oh, we should be in sync." Then, and then throughout the the show, it's like, "Hey, we're not actually in sync." And then Scrooge lays it out at the end with, hey, you're not friends, you're family. And that's just like, okay, good, we're back together again. <laughs> like, so that, that yeah. went by very quick, but it, that happened. And that pretty understand. much kills the ship. If they're family, they cannot be a ship. <laughs> I, well, I love how you're the one who was thinking about that. Oh, yeah. that, for me, well, I was like, yay, this reaffirms that Webby might not be a blood relation, but at least she is still considered family. Yeah. And she's like, oh no, there goes the ship. Well, well listen, I, I grew up on the 87 show, and in that show, Webby was like a little sister figure to the nephew, so having them be a ship in this incarnation would be a little weird for me, but... 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to ship shame, but if you're yeah. still holding on to this point, um, <laughs> please I, abandon. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, please uh, jump, uh, jump ship. Uh, let's see. Here. Uh, other parts. Well, I guess the actual stor- story of this is that Gyro just pops up in the middle, like, hey guys, here's an adventure in your own house. You can exactly. go, go to the microscopic society. And, he, and, and Green Shirt loses it. He's like, that would be adventuring. We could never escape. It would always be at home. And we're, yeah, and Gyro, and where is Fenton and Manny? He just goes by himself without his uh, employees. Of course, Jairus is, is the boss. What does he need? He's an independent man <laughs> yeah. or duck? He can, he can go on his own. <laughs> and speaking of independent, I like how he, uh, in the first half he's like, "I can do this myself," or like Louis is like, "Just leave him alone." It's like, "I am the god of the society." <laughs> oh, yes, and I love how later on Jairus like they don't they mistrust humans for some reason. Or oh, no, yeah. mistrust outsiders. Yeah, yeah outsiders. or outsiders. Yeah, not humans. They're ducks. But <laughs> I mean, they might mistrust ducks too. I, I yeah. don't really pay attention to what kind <laughs> of animals these uh, gyropublians are. Um, but by the way, naming society after yourself is, uh, you know, uh, that's a lot. It's a mm. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but in in the pan in the panic at some point, he also shrinks a launch pad who like pops into the kitchen. And the, the, the so there's a, a series of phone calls that uh, Louis and <laughs> Huey do, do at Launchpad. Those are great. <laughs> I love Launchpad at this capacity. It's so good. Launchpad in small doses. It's perfect. Exactly. It's just so <laughs> perfect. Ha, ha, small doses. I get it. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I also like when, uh, when they're going to the tower. It's like, uh, hey, there's the tower of infinity, and it just falls on them, and they're all like panicked. It's like you're beside the themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I do say though, this uh, whole thing, like their war against the humans, uh, against the ducks, you know, the, the you know the duck family. It uh, reminds me a lot of the first episode of Hilda. Similar thing here of we don't notice the little little the people and how we step on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, like a bug's yeah. life and every, yeah. uh, many other yeah. um, stories of small yeah. things. But uh, <laughs> uh, sp- speaking of bug's life, I that they train ants and flies to like. Uh, oh fly yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, They're- very honey, I shrunk the kids. <laughs> yeah, there, there's another one, but yeah, so yeah. There, there's many of this genre of people shrinking down. Well, there's that movies. in the original series, an episode called Micro Ducks from Space. It's well, very similar. Yeah. Micro Ducks from Space. What a title! Yeah, it says it all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we've covered most of everything. There is there. Oh, well, um, and uh, Duckworth, as we mentioned earlier, oh. like he he shows up. For, but only at the beginning to like see that he's cleaning the house, okay. and then once game night happens, like ooh, spooky things. Uh, farewell. <laughs> it just yeah. like pieces out. And Mrs. Bickley does not give up. Like as soon as the launch pad disappears, she's that, not interested. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and anything else notable from from this episode? That you guys want to there talk was about? 
There was one moment at the beginning when Greenshirt's trying to feed into the hysteria of everyone being too tired to go on a new adventure, where he's where he's pointing at um, Blue Shirt and he's talking to his crew. He's like, "Do you even remember if he's like who we are doing?" Oh, and no. it's like, and, and Scrooge like he's like, "Oh," and he's like, he hesitates, and then like Blue Shirt's face gets so like hurt and betrayed, and I just thought that was some really good animation um, on his face. <laughs> And I also want to mention that um, we mentioned anything about Huey and his little plot here. He's trying to be trying to be a perfectionist. How Louie kind of yeah. ropes him into it. <laughs> yeah, and he gets uh, threatened by Louie, like you you can't tell anybody, and so that ends up being a brief thing during the charades that he's trying to hide, and he's terrible at hiding secrets, I guess. Oh, it's oh, nice. What? His whole thing, like it's kind of centered around like you know perfecting his threading and sewing and there's no gendered language about that and i just think that's a nice little oh, thing oh, they I, threw in there for him i think what you have mm-hmm. talked about are the are these small creatures we haven't they look kind of cool i love um, how donald how donald was able to defeat a couple of them like only donald can man <laughs> he goes into a rage i just start laughing because it's such a classic donald thing <laughs> He's yeah. just screaming, and yeah. Uh, what one reference I did notice from that scene is like corral them onto Bark's place, which uh, I guess is like a reference <laughs> to Carl Barks or something like yeah. that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and uh, Hue- Huey is a, is an interesting thing because I guess that he's the character who shows up in both uh, both episodes that has meaningful stuff because in this episode he he's like very. temperamental like gets focused on like one little thing and we kind of continue that into the depths of cousin fethria this is a a terrible segue but uh, you know Um, but in the depths of cousin fethria we focus more on him being like very nerdy and very like focused on strange on strange things Mm. and it it ends up going coming down to a final message at the end of just because they're a little different doesn't make that bad or wrong mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we, that that's basically huey's thing this episode how, how do you guys feel about how huey is portrayed here or or red shirt mm-hmm. yeah. red shirt thank you i like red shirt he's like you know he's very kind of chill and just really loves the the woodchucks and just wants to do well. And I think that's very admirable. Because Blue Shirt's really kind of... He's the brave one. And he's like kind of the cocky one. And then Green Shirt just like really likes money. And now he like kind of has a strategy angle. Um, but Red Shirt's just kind of chill and nice. And like loves his weird stuff. And is kind of the most nerdy of the three. And I like that a lot. And it's presented in a positive way. And I like that too. He's a sensible one. He's sort of like a kind of a perfectionist, but you know, like I said, he sort of has this weird stuff. He's like a, he's like a little bit, I could say, a little bit like the pearl, and also a little bit the paradox of the group, in a way. Mm, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> well, and th- this uh, this episode contrasts him with this uh, new character, cousin Fetri, um, voiced by Tom Kenny. His of future. Yeah, um, do do we does call him like it's like looking into a mirror. <laughs> it's like, <yeah>. so, <laughs> so we keep contrasting that, and uh, Fethri is like a, a an ex- 
an eccentric person who deals in the ocean. Um, he initially Huey sees him as a scientist, but eventually it's revealed he's just a custodian. But he likes seeing all the creatures and stuff. Mm. Um, how did you guys feel about this uh, new addition to the Ducktales cast? Awesome! I loved it. We get to oh, see some really? Char- yeah, because he's a character. He's not from the Barks comics. He's not from any of the American comics. He's a character from the European comics. So the how do you ha- know this, Steve? Oh, I know. I, I've been catching. Wow! In between seasons, I've been collecting these all these Donald Duck and Uncle Scrooge comics. So okay, good for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but, but and also been reading up on wikipedia but he is awesome and, and you know what it excites me because in a way i kind of i kind of prefer a little bit the european uh, or the foreign international duck comics than the american comics in a way because it has its a very variety of styles it's a little more comedic while the bars comics just mostly all like adventure and even the gag comics, you only have like use the same four or five characters. The Europe with the European or international comics, like anyone can show up. It can be centered on any character. So, and Fetri is like a big part of that. And and I do find it interesting though that we had a Fetri episode this season. Last season we had a Gladstone episode, and both those episodes have similar thing with Launchpad in terms of. He goes on his off-screen adventure. So I'm wondering if we ever meet like a third family member. Are we going to do that again? That, that is a running gag we'll get back to. But first, yeah. uh, uh, Michelle. Oh, um, oh and I want to was... see them with their hats. I, I'm more, I want to see Huey and Fetley without their hats. i got to see that now. Uh, That's on right. Steve's wish list. Um, Hatless. So, so... <laughs> yeah. So Steve talked about Fetley in the comics. But Michelle, how do you feel about Fetley in the show? Okay, I feel really bad. My my I was I was so guys, I was so blindsided by the launch pad mermaid oh, boo. I, I agree. Uh-huh. I, I, I thought about that for like fifteen minutes. Oh, <laughs> me too, me too. Because I was like, this is why I love Launchpad, because the writer's gonna be like, what can we do with him oh. to make his off-screenness as amazing and crazy as possible? And when you first hear like the lady like talking to him, I'm like, oh no. Oh. Is he gonna just like a siren? But no, it's like his old flame mermaid lady friend. And Michelle, sure. you haven't had rewatch the episode and just pause at that moment when the mermaid appeared briefly. She's a little bit from the distance, but you definitely could get a view of her. And I'm with you, Michelle, though. The I one thing I did with this episode was I was mostly distracted about what's going on with Launchpad. I mean, that hurts so my enjoyment of the episode just a bit. But I love so Feathery. Good. I'm like, what's going on with Launchpad? I got to see the mermaid. Come on, man. Launchpad says, is that you, Oceanica, my love? And by the way, Ridiculous, but because Launchpad, you believe it. You believe there's a history there between those two. Launchpad has a harem. Launchpad has a harem, pretty much, it seems. I was going to go to. Can we talk about Launchpad's love life? Because we already saw in the Gladstone episode that he has, like, a ninja girlfriend off in the cast. (laughs) That guy was crushing on him on, like, the Greek island, too, the whole time. Well, in the... Really, you're in love with this well, man. Well, in the original series, he was kind of a ladies' duck, so you know, it sort of is in a character. Like, well, also, he yeah, he, he's cra- either a he crashes all the time. So, like, how is he getting to all these places? <laughs> well, crashing he finds his 
somehow and like bless him for because this is just amazing that keeps happening. I'm hoping either at least we get like maybe a comic book adaption of these adventures we get to see what happens or I'm waiting for an episode that when all his like old girlfriends show up at once and they go on an on-screen adventure. I think maybe they might do that maybe when Della comes back because I think Della is probably the next relative we're going to focus on when we go to this do this formula so so, um, what I'm getting out of this is that you had no thoughts on Fethry then. <laughs> I thought he was fine, and I like that he reaffirmed Redshirt's sense of self and to, you know, love his junior woodchuckness and to lick things and <laughs> yeah. to feel fine about that. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But Oshinika is yeah. that well, it did really kind of blindside me with yeah. Fethry. Feathery's fine. He just promised Launchpad overshadowed him. Exactly. That's the only thing that got in the world. Overshadowed him with, with 10 seconds of screen time. <laughs> well, not even more so Launchpad. For me, it's more the mermaid. The mermaid overshadowed him. Or Sentier, whatever her it's name like is. The combination of those things. So good. Oceanica. 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 Even her name's like it's ridiculous, but it's so great because it's Launchpad. I can't. I'm hoping though maybe on the Doctor Vega maybe they could get a screenshot of her so they could put a Wikipedia page of her. So somebody please make her a wiki character page. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of uh, romance and stuff, um, Huey kisses a sea worm. Um, that that scene was weird. Mm-hmm. That was kind of weird. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know why. Oh, so yeah. Uh, speaking of this, I tell you this though. I'd rather ship would be any of the nephews than Doofus, so... Okay, that had nothing to do with... <laughs> I know, but I just so much forgot. I just want to mention that. <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, there's, lots of, there's lots of Krill, which reminded me of, like, of of Finding Nemo. I feel like Finding Nemo had a lot of Krill. So like, oh, they did! There's that line where they're swimming away from the whale, and Doris like, oh, look, a lot of Krill. There's probably a whale around here. Something like that. Yeah, and they were shiny in that in that movie too. So like, and here they like do rainbow lights. So yeah, well, that's, they do rainbow lights because of the evil. Well, not evil, but the like poisonous vent gas from the floor of the ocean, right? Like mutated the one to be a big O krill. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You mean rainbow krill? Yeah, Mitzi. A cute name. Uh, yeah, Mitzi. One of is influenced by Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know that exists in this universe. <laughs> well, I mean that that giant krill kind of looks like a Pokemon creature. Who's <laughs> that krill? Like Pokemon, though. Uh, well, the the name of this creature, according to Dewey, is the Dunificent Krill the Beast. Um, we we have Dewey trying to find an animal to name after himself multiple times. So that that but was it can't be too ugly looking. Uh, That's his. Yeah. Okay. On Antica fun. I some I have some good news and bad news. She has a Wikipedia page, but no picture. So it'll it'll oh, well, so well actually it redirects to Launchpad's girlfriends. But yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> being being Girl, defined by the male love right. interest. How terrible! <laughs> Should say uh, um, Oceanica's boo and link to <laughs> Launchpad. That's yeah. true. And she's voiced by Jennifer Hale. 
yeah. Didn't you do like a voice of one of the henchmen in like one of the yes, early yeah, episodes? Yeah, I know you did. Uh, let's see other random stuff. Uh, Donald and uh, and Scrooge are describing at the beginning like it's useless going to factory, and Donald just keeps going and explosions. Yeah, explosions. You meant explosions, you right? Yeah. Yeah. So Donald is is scarred from underwater explosions, apparently. Yeah. I kind of wondered, man, what kind of adventures uh, Feathery went on any of these adventures that that family went to back in the day. I wonder if Gladstone went any of them too. I'm like I said, could have been Donald Gladstone and Feathery, like the previous generations, Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a parallel. And by the way, I, exist, I, I, I totally guess. believe when Feathery says he's Donald's favorite cousin, because when Gladstone is your cheap competition, you probably are his favorite cousin. So, hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I get lost on the DuckTales family tree. So like, I don't well, know. I put, how many how many cousins does Donald really have? Well, he's he could have, have a lot. He's a, a lot. Duck. Yeah, I feel like he could. Yeah. You want to look? You want me to look at the? Look no, at no, you? thanks. No, thanks. Uh, this is a rhetorical question. Um, but it does exist. Uh, yeah, yeah, which is scary in a way. But. And I was finding it interesting that Donald, his family tree is more has more life to it, has more background to it than Mickey's family tree, which is much smaller and no one really seems to care about. So. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, o- overall, this episode is leaning more towards the, the comedy stuff. I think that tree is fine, and uh, he- Huey gets a good message out of it that his weirdness is valid. Um, yeah. Any any closing yeah. thoughts uh, on this episode or in, in overall, Michelle? Um, good life lesson. Um, oh, she had yeah. a garage. Yeah, yeah, oh, she had a That's I'm a good sorry. place to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, More mermaids well, and cocktails, um, please. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm so happy to have Feathery on the show. You're excellent addition to the cast. Um, Maybe opens the door to some more, uh, some of these European characters like Bethery or Dickie Duck. I love to see oh. Dickie Duck. She's awesome. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Re- re- remind me something. Do, remember Lady those, Duck? That ep- her name's Dickie Duck? <laughs> yes. But isn't Zeke uh, short for Richard? No, <laughs> it's a girl that? duck. She's uh, Goldie, Goldie's um, adopted granddaughter. Uh, okay. Where is Goldie these days? I don't know. Oh, she'll be here yeah. soon. She'll Goldie be back was soon. awesome. That was such a good episode. Oh, well, I, I, what I was going to bring up, actually... Is that aren't isn't that episode where like the they're on a golf course and there's unicorns people? Like, weren't those, I, didn't those begin as mermaids? Ponies. They were, yeah, no, ponies. Oh, yeah, they were. No, no, they're no, they're not sirens. They I forget what their official name is, Sel- but they're like selkies. Selkies. They're selkies. horses. You sit on their back and they drag you into the ocean and drown you. That's what they are. Like sirens. <laughs> But they're not sirens. They don't sing. They're I know. Like, I'm just saying that's what they do. Like, like glued to their back. They both drown you, but they stay horses. They don't like transform. Oh, uh, but yeah, I, I love the episode too. But I'm with you, Michelle though. Oceanica, I gotta learn more about you. Please come back. And also, same same with the ninja girlfriend. I want to see both of them. I want to see like even more Launchpad's harem. Man, if he has more than probably has more than two. He probably has a girlfriend in every continent in the world. 
Do you think Launchpad made a girlfriend with the little, with the gyropedians? Like when he was microscopic, he found like a, a tiny. There was just somewhere. there was somebody was a female on him, but he might not have been aware. Because that's the thing with Launchpad. I feel like the reason this works is like he's he's very he's got like the he's got like the bod going on, but he has he might not realize <laughs> some of these people are into him at the same time. So it might be a little one sided, but I'm sure people are crushing on him left and right. And also he has a good good heart. Like Yeah, like he's genuine. Yeah. Like he's not super smart, but he's very genuine and that is quality. Yeah. Well and let's that's also so Donald Stewart, he has his own admirers, at least one admirer, um He's a guy, but still, it's something. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So in the in the end, I guess the the moral of this podcast is more love for Launchpad. Launchpad yeah, it's all our love. Love for Launchpad twenty nineteen. That's the year of Launchpad. Year of Launchpad. <laughs> I think that seems like a solid place to begin <laughs> wrapping up. Uh, um, the, the thanks for, for listening to us, guys. If you want to talk to us about Launchpad or other DuckTales-related content, you can find us on, on Discord at, at overtheanimated.com slash Discord. Um, you can also support us financially via Patreon at patreon.com slash overtheanimated. And thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Nicholas, a.k.a. Nickelodeon. <laughs> uh, and thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Stephen, Hugh. Um, if you enjoyed this uh, DuckTales podcast, uh, other shows that are airing around this time include uh, Miraculous Ladybug. Yeah. Um, uh, um, th- there is ca- uh, Castlevania, but like that's a yeah. totally opposite spectrum. What about Ruby? Show, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, Ruby also a bit uh, on the more adult spectrum. Yeah. But uh, and uh, DuckTales will we'll, we will probably uh, be continuing to be regular um, because there are two episodes already scheduled to, for November. Three episodes. Yeah, th- three episodes. Uh, and and right it's now. confirmed there's going to be a Christmas episode, so there's probably one in December as well. So probably have four more episodes left in 2018. Right. Oh, uh, that'll uh, be nice. I think if if we do the two episodes in a group again, we will. Uh, episode four is reportedly the one that's going to have the three caballeros. Yeah, so we'll probably talk about that a little bit more once that comes out. Oh, but maybe, uh, yeah. Maybe in the meantime, I watched the movie. The could... I, I've been told that's not a good movie and that it's better yeah. off you go in blind. But yeah. <laughs> um, do, you you do you if you want to dive into that. Hey, um, but... Any Donald is good Donald for the most part, except for those preschool mm. shows. But <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like a bold strategy. But <laughs> I, I I trust you with that. Um, yeah, but uh, until we get those uh, episodes to talk about, so we'll, we'll we'll be back. But until then, we'll see you soon. Adios. Right. Bye. Bye. Bye.